Welcome to the Real Deal Fishing Podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike. You're uh, you Miguel today. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Once again, I am I am Miguel to today. Over. We have to start over. What? Anyway, we got a special guest tonight. We have Mr. Kayak Mike, which is why Miguel has to go by Miguel. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, how you guys doing? Good. We've been we've been talking before the show about Star Wars and extra streamyard features and dragon baits from a kayak and bumping and golden whiskers. But uh we're here tonight to talk to Mike about his YouTube channel and a cool thing happening online. We'll get to that in just a minute. Before we do, if you'd like to support the Real Deal Fishing Podcast, head on over to shoppalmettocats.com. Pick yourself up a coffee mug. A shirt, sticker, decal. Go check it out. All the proceeds will go to support the Real Deal Fishing Podcast and uh, Palmetto Cats. So if you like what you hear and you want to help your boys out, go over there and copy some merch. There's also a calendar on there. You can see all the upcoming uh, YouTube tournaments that are coming up this year. There's a ton of them. A ton of people doing tournaments nowadays, guys. And uh, sort of what we're going to talk about a little bit. But uh, that being said, also check out our YouTube channel. We have the Real Deal Fishing Podcast YouTube channel. Check out Mike Murillo, Murillo's Family Fishing. Uh, go check him and out and see some interviews with Lauren. And then, of course, our guest, Kayak Mike YouTube channel. Uh, you can find all of those links in the description on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. All right. Well, icebreaker question i think mike's got mike wrote that question down it's a little bit about star wars what was that question you had for him his favorite what well i I tried to get him to just tell me his single favorite character from star wars but that's a trick because i don't think any star wars fan who's as fully you know invested in it as, Mm -hmm. as we are can break it down to just one, maybe not even three. Yeah. I, that, I, then I told you three. Now, how many more did you name after three? I thought you were up to seven or eight. I, yeah, I might have been <laughs> up to seven or eight. And then, like, yeah. the more I think about it, it's almost like which is your favorite character per movie? That would be that would be easier. That'd be a lot easier. That's definitely more fair. Yeah, that's a lot easier yeah. because I'll be honest. I love Anakin in one and halfway through two hate him second half of two all of three because i just i don't like my main character to be a crybaby you know what i mean so mm. it's like it's like oh i do love anakin but i love anakin when you know he's a boy and halfway through one when he and all the clone wars he's awesome in all the clone wars because he's a he's a bad not bad guy he's a awesome hero whatever but i can't <laughs> i i can't i, I censored myself there but man i can't i just i can't do it when he's crying in episode three it's just like ah. Uh, you're no longer who I thought you were. When if you're trying to catch up and you're wondering why we're talking about Star Wars on a fishing channel, <laughs> it's because we were having some backstage uh, catch up and, and just talking. And Mike and Mike discovered that they're both really involved Star Wars fans. So that started a conversation which snowballed into the show. So thought that would be a nice icebreaker question. Mike, did you have a favorite Star Wars character? Or are you like uh, Kayak Mike um, and you have multiple ones? Oh, definitely. Definitely like Mike there. I, ha- I have multiple favorites. Uh, I definitely think that that Vader is way up there on my list. 
now also too because i have a daughter named leia and when she watches the movie she says hey there i am and then she says hey dad there you are where's your suit and i just tell her i don't have to wear the suit anymore so uh she's three i'm sure this will all fall apart on me here pretty soon but <laughs> but then then mike mentioned his daughter's born on may the 4th and that just trumps anything that's just <laughs> amazing i uh i would like to send her presents on her birthday that's how cool i think that is that she's born on yeah. may the 4th <laughs> and believe it or not the force really had her she was a preemie she was over a month early there you go oh, wow. she wasn't she like it was not intentional like the Have force. you checked her metachlorian count? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's probably off high. The charts. Yep, it's probably <laughs> high. She, probably in between Yoda and young Anakin. All right, we need to slow down the nerd before we <laughs> before we lose people. So uh, we're gonna turn the nerd down to simmer, and we're gonna get to talking about some fishing here. Let's do it, Mike. You got a YouTube channel called Kayak Mike, and uh, you know, unique name. Is there any reason in particular, or did, was it just common sense? You you fish out of a kayak, and your name is Mike, so that's why you named it that. It's a semi-long story. I'll sum it up really quick. Um, when I got into trophy catfishing, um, I didn't have a. I I actually had no social media presence. I broke my phone like two years prior, mm-hmm. lost all my social media, and never came back. And when I started doing all the fishing and checked out YouTube trophy catfishing, obviously I found Justin. I found people such as Catfish Dave, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to get in these tournaments. I have to have some kind of handle somewhere. So I just made, right. I just made a Facebook uh, profile, and I was, it was originally Kayak Catfish with the K and the C switched, just to troll Justin. That's oh. what it originally was. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna make the second word Mike because Catfish Dave is Catfish his first name. So it's like a mixture of Justin Johnson and Catfish Dave. It's like a mixture of the two, wow. which yeah. is ironic because I follow one a lot now and I don't follow one as much as I used to. <laughs> hmm. wonder which one. So. You don't have to answer that. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, that's all awesome. answer it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I you just out of a kayak and you, and you target catfish, obviously primarily. Are there any other species that you like to target other than bait fish? Um, love targeting cats. I'm going to be targeting stripers and wipe. Well, well, I have to say wipers. I'll be targeting wipers here soon once I can get out. Uh, if anyone goes to my YouTube channel, I apologize. I'm normally at minimum one or two videos a week. I've had like one or two this year, but our conditions here have been unfishable. Um, I try not to go where, out. Where is here? Where is South, here? Southwest Ohio. So I'm in Southwest Ohio and Cincinnati. Uh, I try not to go out in, you know, I have a family and I try not to go out in the Ohio river if the conditions are too bad. Cause I'm, I am in a kayak. And if the, if the conditions are too bad here for a kayak, there's really no bank accessible spots that mm-hmm. are really worth fishing either. So if you don't have a boat here, when the, when the water's blown out and the rivers are blown out, you're kind of, and it's cold and it's cold. Now, if it was summertime, I can go to lakes. That's no problem. But all the lakes are frozen over, so you can't fish in any lakes. But we don't get enough ice to walk out and ice fish. So right. it's a, you know, you're doomed there. And then the Ohio River's going 4.7 to 5 miles an hour with debris everywhere and ice sheets mm. coming down it. So to get to the, the closest launch to any back creek is two miles away. So, do, you know, it's just the risk reward isn't there. Yeah. So I'm that just makes like, perfect sense. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, I'll be targeting wipers and stripers my next uh, fishing trip. I'm going to have one catfish pull out and I'm going to, I actually have them right here. I'll be, ow, I'll be using these things mm-hmm. to try and catch wipers and stripers. And for the, for the podcast blade, people, blade what, what are you holding up there? A blade bait, blade baits. A blade bait. So it's a gold uh, shad shaped bait about mm-hmm. thumb size and it has two, three hook treble hooks. Yep. on on it and uh it's so it's bright gold and is it red eyes uh this one has red eyes and it's red 0.38 ounces i actually thin yeah. yep very it's, it's very essentially thin. just metal you yep. you just let it drop to the bottom jerk it up really hard let it drop back mm-hmm. down to the bottom i was told in the winter just let it sit on the ground a little longer than normal it's just it's winter patterns so everything's slower um mm-hmm. but when it's warmer you know you can just keep on popping it off the bottom and I was also told you want to go. So where I live, the back creeks are colder than the main channel. So mm. the bait fish want to get out of the back creeks into the main channel. So where are the predator fish going to live? They're going to live right at that temperature split. So as those bait fish come out, the wipers and stripers and catfish, the in front of our creek mouths is amazing <laughs> fishing in the winter. Um, they're actually awful fishing the rest of the year <laughs> hmm. funny story here too when i when i first got into trophy catfishing watching kayak catfish he does a ton of creek mouth fishing a ton yeah. and my yeah. first like two months were the most miserable fishing months i've ever had <laughs> because oh, it's just creek mouth fishing here is awful it is it's terrible in warm weather but in the cold weather it's it's fire because our, our back creeks are colder than our main channels that's interesting and he's got some big creek mouths too. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what's different here too. Is when you think creek creek mouth here, like it's a creek, you can fit a boat in that creek, and that's probably it. Mm-hmm. So it's an actual creek or a creek, and not a uh, another river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I went down and fished with him, so we um, we fished the Tennessee River where I want to say the clinch came in. And the clinch was just as big as the Ohio where it came in. I'm like, this is your back creek? And it's 70, 80 foot deep? I'm like, my back creek, if I am lucky, is 30 foot deep. Like, that's a really deep back creek here is 30 foot deep. The Little Miami's deepest hole, then there's only one of them is 30 foot deep. And it's like a 15 by 15 foot hole. The rest of the river is between 15 and like 5 foot. Yeah, on the Cooper, the back creeks are 4 to 12 foot. Yeah. different rivers though different you know different ge- geography and so i guess the, you know those definitions that's a that's a good topic you know what what's relative to your area mm-hmm. you know what does a back creek mean to you what does bait mm-hmm. mean to you and that's a perfect segue into the next thing so you you on the ohio you have skipjack correct yes we do have skipjack but I'm actually in the school of thought that it's not our best bait. Okay. Um, where I live, we have we do have skipjack. But if you don't live within five to ten minutes of the dam, do not waste your time. Do not drive down there because if they ain't running, they're not there. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a friend who lives close to tell you if they're running. And then when you do go there, you're going to catch 10 to 14-inch skipjack if you're lucky. Like a 14-inch wow. skipjack is pretty big here. That's a yeah. good size skipjack. You know, you're normally going to get like 8 to 10, 12 inches. Uh, there's not a lot of really big skipjack here. So my theory is, well, if the skipjack aren't here as plentiful as they are elsewhere, well, they have to be eating something. 
Do you know, mm-hmm. there, like where I live, no skipjack around anywhere. You're not going to find any skipjack unless it's like the perfect time of the year. And at that point in time of the year, you're going to find fingerlings. Um, so I actually think our best bait is wiper because we have so much wiper. All my best fish and all my trips where I've caught a high quantity of fish, they've all been trips where I've had wiper because I think that's our most plentiful fish outside of other, you know, bluegill shad etc and i also and i'm also in the train of thought that when fish get bigger they evolve so as you get bigger and you grow up you need more nutrition shad can only give you so many nutrients even if you like 10 pounds of shad is not the same amount of nutrition as 10 pounds of wiper it's just Hmm. i mean it's just not so i just i think evolutionary fish also eat the more nutritious stuff i don't think they have the thought process like oh I'm going to eat this because it's going to give me vitamin B. I'm not saying they have that. (laughs) I'm just saying it's an evolutionary thing. I just, I have a feeling if you took two fish that were both 10 years old, but one mainly targeted wipers and one mainly targeted shad, that one that targeted wipers is going to be considerably bigger because it just got that much more nutrition all the time. That's interesting. I I mean, it's just, that's a theory, by the way. (laughs) Health food for catfish. That's a great title. Yeah, and that's that's a theory, by the way. But I think it makes sense, and my results have supported it so far. Well, we've already discussed how the force is strong with you, and I really like this theory. I really like this theory, and it's just uh, kind of stunning and startling to hear somebody say the opposite of what everybody else says. So me personally, you've got my full attention and I'm loving every moment of this. Now here in, in Iowa, we can um, use baits that other people aren't allowed to use. Now we're not supposed to use game fish, but I think technically you can use anything that you've caught yourself. That's of legal size. And you, you know, you caught it in those waters on rod reel hook and line. And so last year I caught a really big channel cat on a piece of crappie and everybody probably would have ate the crappie themselves, but I'm the guy that now I don't want to clean the fish. I want to catch and release, but someone gave me the crappie and he's like, Hey, I, I didn't catch anymore. So here you want this. And I mean, to be honest, the guy was drunk. I mean, he was he he, he was smelling very bad uh, of alcohol, and he was not driving. He did have a driver, uh, but he wanted to match some uh, bluegill or or something else with this crappie, and he didn't catch anything else. And even then, he said someone else gave him the crappie. <laughs> so we get back to the whole point that hey, if you're fishing and you catch a tremendous, awesome fish, this was a 14 inch crappie. If you're not going to keep it for yourself, put it back and let it live, you know. But at this point, the crappie could not be revived. Uh, I actually did take minutes to try to revive it, and it it just it it wasn't there anymore. It it had already passed on and and just didn't have enough to giddy up and go. But so we turned it into some catfish and had some fun. But the that's the, actually the my main bait is crappie. That's my oh. personal main bait. Yeah. It's the hey, easiest. We just become best friends. Yeah. It's, it's the easiest, most attainable bait for me in high quantities and low time uh, outside of shad. Obviously you can go net a shad most of the year in a high quanti- uh, quantity, 
relatively easily. Relatively. Let me make that perfectly clear. This time of year, I got so lucky this year. Or At the end of last year, the very last day of the year, we had a warm spell. All the water shot up like five degrees, like the very last day of the year. I dragged a marina, and I was able to get an, a year's worth of good shad that night after the fishing trip. It was unbelievable. Now, I never had that luck before, ever in my life. So the winter time is normally a time that I'm dreading fishing, which I, ironically, I have all the bait in the world in my freezer right now, and I can't use it because of the river situation. <laughs> It's so frustrating. Whereas the last two years, the river really wasn't that bad. But I mean, good luck. I, it's so hard to find Shad in the winter sometimes. It's the easiest and the hardest. Go watch Hagen Grubb's video. If you can find them, you're going to catch hundreds of them at the time. But if you don't find them, you're not going to catch any because they're schooled up. And I, especially in a kayak, too, I'm, I'm limited. I can go, I can make. I can make conservatively with my setup a five to six mile run any direction, fish all day, and then make it back without any real risk of running my battery dead. But 99%, I'll be honest, 99% of kayak setups can't do that right now. I'm running a 100, hour, 100 amp hour lithium battery, which is like, I don't I know a battery I even, guy. I'm sorry? I know a battery guy. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, you're a battery guy? Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't even know what my limits are because I haven't come close to hitting them yet. My buddy and I, I, I mothershipped him for a 10 hour fishing trip against mile and a half hour current. I had him mothership to me the entire 10 hour fishing trip. I would just go up the river and we would suspend drift back and I would go up and I didn't sniff killing the battery. So I really don't know how much it's going to take to kill this, but I've done weekend camping trips, never charged it once. No clue. Clueless when I'm going to kill this thing. But well, yeah, we we're it's limited. easy to figure out. We just have to determine what all you're using, what what draw it actually has, and then you know we'll, we can get the old battery calculator out. And so, but we uh, Mike can yeah. Mike can figure all that out. Say, hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you like, think about it simply. Um, I, in fact, I was talking to someone today, and they said that they had a 92 amp hour battery that they were targeting purchasing to run their trolling motor because they run their trolling motor more than they run their other motor. Mm -hmm. But they were wondering how long it would last. And the answer is 18 and a half hours. Oh, wow. And, and that's because the average draw for a trolling motor is five amps. But I'm sure sometimes it peaks a little above that. And then I'm sure it usually runs below that because anybody that I give any calculation to, they're always like, dude, man, I went way past that. I thought I was in trouble. And I'm like, well, I can't guarantee you anything other mm -hmm. than what data you give me to do the calculation. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then you have crazy people like Elston who just brings black light after black light after black light and keeps hooking it up to the same battery, uh, hoping that it'll last forever and ever and ever. And, and you know what? It hasn't died on him yet, which I'm <laughs> shocked. <laughs> so somewhere his data has to be incorrect. You know, one of those lights probably doesn't draw that much or he turns it off quite a bit and then uses it or whatever. But mm -hmm. yeah, man, if you got a hundred amp amp hour lithium battery, you got quite a power source. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And the size of it, it's not really that big, which, you know, mm -hmm. it, you could even, you could 
probably get away with a 60 amp hour on a smaller kayak very, very yeah. safely. By 100, it's only 20 something pounds. And it's kind of nice offset the because the motor is, I want to say, 30 or 40 pounds. It's really not that heavy. And then I got this 20 something pound in the back. So it's a decent offset. Um, but back to the crappie. The reason I yep. crappie, I branched off the conversation. So it I can, don't worry yeah. about it. So if, if I don't, if in the summer months or the warmer months, I control crankbaits and catch a limit of like the lake I like to do it at East Fork Lake has a 30 crappie limit, nine inch minimum. I don't keep anything under 10 inches, but I can catch a limit of crappie in two to three hours tops. Like honestly, two to three hours tops. If you want to go catch the equivalent in weight of skipjack here, even when they're running, good luck. Go camp out for the weekend. Like go camp out for the weekend if you want to catch the equivalent size. Now, skipjack is more than likely the the superior bait. Like, don't get me wrong. I admit the whole oils, etc. But at the same time, I think we have more crappie here. I think it's if it is superior, it's not enough to justify the time it would take for me to get the same amount of weight. Because I'm everything with me is about efficiency. So it's like, okay, I can go catch 10 pounds of skipjack in this much time, or I can go catch 10 pounds of crappie in this much time. But that means I can go catfishing for 20 more hours doing it this way, and I can only go catfishing for four hours doing it that way. So like those are all the – I used to put everything in a spreadsheet. I'm at the point now where it's more just all mental math. Like, okay, I know what I've done in the past. I'm going to go hit these certain things. But those – like. The, the biggest advice I give to anybody, spreadsheet everything you do, and that way when the next year or the next season rolls around, you can sort what you did the year before and see what was more and less efficient. And then the time on the water, you cannot catch catfish if you're not fishing for catfish. So I no, know some I, – I, I disagree. <laughs> but, like, I catch but, catfish when I'm fishing for panfish all the time. Oh, <laughs> I know that's not what I know that's not yeah, what you yeah. <laughs> but like dude, I'll be honest, I always have some form of grocery store meat on me at all times as backup bait. I will not give more than a half hour to an hour to for bait ever. Ever. Because I fish once a week. I fish eight to twelve hours. See, and you're see this this is what I like because this is exactly the point that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago when I was talking about dark water baits. So it's the same thing. Like I, I have one day a week. It's usually a Saturday. If I get lucky, I might have a day off for a national holiday and then I get to do that too. But um, I'm the same way, man. Like if, if I can't find it quickly, then I'm going bought bait. Mm-hmm. And there ain't no shame in it. Look, look at Jimmy. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not shameful. Jimmy with, um, Cause some sometimes people poop on it, like Jimmy. Uh, oh my, I'm on his pro staff. We're fishing on his pro gear. staff. Drifters. Yeah, Sandy Drifters fishing gear. The guy only uses chicken, like yeah. primarily, and he's catching monsters like all the time. So I think people just, I think people just kind of. Well, his he's got time on the water, and that goes back to what you that said. That too. Yeah. Like he'll he'll fish four days a week, and you know he's not always catching, but because he's putting that time in the water, he'll get a nice one you know, on the third trip mm-hmm. or the fourth trip or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But You mentioned uh, store-bought bait. Oh, go ahead. It, it sounded like that was multiple options. Anything that's all. meat. Okay. They're, so it's, it's the amino acids. 
Um, I'm a big fan of chicken just because it's really, really simple. Uh, so the olfactory system, uh, no science lesson, no biology lesson, but the olfactory system <laughs> on a catfish, they're tasting everything in the water nose to tail. So they have all these little sensors on them, blah, 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 without going into great detail. So if you can get amino acids and stuff going down the river towards them, and if it hits them, they know it's there. They know there is meat there. There's something that they can consume up the river or wherever is around them. So you just need to get meat. So if you find something in high amino acids, you're good, which was a, a main reason why people used to like liver and stuff so much. I'm a big fan of just, just chicken breast because if I want to use big baits, I can cut a one-by-one-inch square super easily. If I, if I want to use a – or a small bait, I mean, if I want to use a big bait, I can cut a four-by-four. Four. It's, it's really simple. So that's why I like using chicken. Um, I have turkey as my backup bait now because I, I'm a decent bowler and every year there's this, uh, tournament called Turkey bowl. If you string five strikes in a row in a session, you win a Turkey. So I bowled three sessions this year. So I won three turkeys. Unfortunately, you can only win one per five strikes in a row. I would have won like seven or something like that, but yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'm, you know, bowling. Ooh, you're good at bowling. Oh, I, I, I love bowling. <laughs> I'm not going to nerd out on bowling. <laughs> we can. So, yeah. <laughs> let's, get, sure. let's, get into, let's get into channel cats. You catch a lot Love of channel them. cats. Love them. So tell us, tell us, and so do you have an experience with like the three main species or is it mostly just channel cats? Uh, the most experience I have is with blues, but I have okay. a lake around here called, ba I call it Baby Sandusky. Uh, Sandusky Bay is known for having the, some of the best channel cat fishing in the right, world, arguably, but probably in this for sure in the States, but arguably <laughs> in the world. And um, there's this local lake here. It's a 9.9 .9 horsepower lake. Doesn't get hit hard at all. And there's no blues. It's all flatheads and channels. But the channels there get huge. The, mm. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I didn't catch a 10 to 20 pound channel there on a trip that I've gone. I've easily caught at least one the last 10 trips I've gone. At least one. And it's a good numbers lake too, which is rare. A lot of times you won't get big with numbers like Grand Lake St. Mary's. There's a very slim chance you're going to catch a 10 pound channel, but you're going to catch 30 of them at Calvin Lake. You're going to catch 30 channels. Five of them might break 10 pounds. It's it's insane. And pound for pound, personal opinion, best fighting catfish of the three big species. Pound for pound. I've heard, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. From from start to finish. Now, unfortunately, uh, the, the better water, I don't want to say better water, but the the bigger water fishermen, channel cats normally don't get as big. They they mm. normally become food for the bigger catfish in those river mm. systems. So they don't experience a big channel cat fight. So they'll mm. experience a five-pound channel reeled up really quick and get upset because, oh, pesty little five-pound channel. But if you get a 15-pound channel on the line, it you, it feels like a 40-pound blue. Like a 15, 15-20-pound channel feels like a much bigger fish, and there's mm. they don't quit. How many times have you reeled up a big blue or flathead and the initial run was huge and then they just kind of quit or there was no initial run and then they get to the boat and then they fight for a little bit. Eventually they quit channels the, the whole time and they're almost impossible to picture in the tournament mm -hmm. scene. Almost especially big ones are almost impossible to picture because they're constantly flopping around constantly flopping around it's so frustrating. Yeah my experience the, the bigger ones you know they don't fight much at all they're they just have that tail power, you know, and they just they get that one slow whip, and that's where that's how they're traveling so much. They're really sl a lot slower. Now I haven't caught a lot of big fish, so you know, 
don't take my word for it. I was just telling somebody, somebody's messaging me right now. And uh, I said, that's what I say on my channel. I don't know what I'm doing, so don't do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Big fish is relative, though. I try and explain it to people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. and you you got to set your expectations and your uh your you got to set your success at what your success should be. I I I try I stress that with people so much. If you go and fish Markland Stretch where I live, the Markland Dam. And if your expectation is to catch a 50 pounder every single time you go out or a 40 inch fish every time, you're going to be very disappointed because I know people who have put thousands of hours on this river and haven't mm -hmm. broken a 33 pound fish. So like it, my stretch of the river, you catch a 20 pound fish. You had a, you caught a good fish, be proud, mm -hmm. be happy, post it. And if people want to ragdoll you, they can uh, block them uh, for lack of better words. I'm censoring myself. Well, usually, usually, <laughs> usually, those people aren't aren't even fishing. You know, well, yeah, yeah, that too. An actual an actual angler that's out there fishing would never trash another guy yeah. for a smaller or a quote unquote smaller yeah. fish. And the so local I, guys I know even, what you're doing. I don't even listen to those guys. Yeah, know? yeah, and the local uh, guys know what you're doing. Like if you look mm -hmm. at any tournament series around here, if if you catch 50 pounds and five fish, there's a very very good chance mm -hmm. you're either going to cash or place relatively high. That's just a fact. That's not, that's not, I'm not dogging the river. That's just what we have to offer. Of course, there will be the occasional 90 pound bag, 100 pound bag, etc. But the Rising Sun tournament, the average fish is typically under five pounds per, like, if you take out all the weigh ins, etc., the average fish is typically under five pounds. It's just what we have. So be proud. When I go out and catch a 10 pound fish, you'll be like, I'm, I'm excited because I'm excited. That's not fake. I'm I, I'm excited because it's a I did good. <laughs> so I, it, it you struck a nerve with me there, because <laughs> I just people tell me all the time like they get depressed with the size around here, and I'm like, don't get depressed. Love the sport, love it. Go embrace it. Well, and then there's you know we talk about equipment a lot on this show, and you know I think those those water systems that don't hold giant fish um and you can't fish anywhere else fish with smaller tackle have more fun with it you know get you a medium light rod or a medium you know and some lighter line so that you have it's actually a challenge to get in a 15 pound fish or a 10 pound fish as opposed to having like a big cat fever medium heavy with a pin squall on it yeah it's it's gonna feel like nothing you know on the rod so and I've been doing that um, here recently. You know, I watched Chunky Cats as we all do, and he got in this mood where he was catching smaller fish from the bank, so he downsized to lighter action rods, and he had a blast with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, hmm, you know. Uh, and now, granted, those lighter rods can pull in a state record. You know, I mean, we, we often go back to the world record blue cat, which is 143 pounds, and, that was caught on an ugly stick catfish rod, mm -hmm. you know, so they can still do the trick. It just will take you longer to do it and you have yep. to have more skill to do it. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, I, that's, that's what I tell people, you know, is if you, if you want to have fun catching the fish that are available to you, downsize your equipment mm -hmm. um, or, you know, whine about it and be unhappy <laughs> yeah yeah see and, and like you like our the point earlier we go fishing once a week so 
and we, we're trying to do the YouTube thing. We can't afford not get. We can't afford getting skunked. Like we have to put fish in the boat to make a video. We like we don't have a choice. So if I have a bunch of seven knots out there with giant baits and I'm getting hit all day and I'm not reeling anything in, that's an awful mm -hmm. video. Or I can go to a five aught slightly downsize the bait and catch those fish and explain what's going on. Like get mm -hmm. more people out on the water, etc. Like, hey, look, I, I went from a uh, right now I'm running or not right now. Right now I'm all five aughts, but up until the transition. I was going, I, I run primarily double hook rigs. I had a seven aught and a five aught on every single double hook rig. And once that five aught starts outperforming that seven aught, everything goes to a five aught. And then as we get warmer, once I miss a few fish, I will start switching to half five aught, half seven aught. And then once the seven aught starts outperforming the five aught, everything becomes a seven aught. I lose a few more fish that way. Uh, I lose a few more potential bigger fish that way, but I catch mm -hmm. a ton more quantity that way. A ton more quantity mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. That's a great why point. Do you, why do you say that you you miss out on more big fish? Do you feel that not presenting them a big bait makes you miss them, or do you feel that I mean, what what's 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 making you say that? My guess is when I have the smaller presentation on I'm missing hook sets. So the majority of the time, if I have a big hit, if I'm, if like, let's say I'm half and half five out seven knot and I have a big hit and run and it's rip and drag and I reel up the seven knot still has bait and the five out doesn't now, of course they could have had the seven and then the shaking of the line could have threw the five off, but it happens so often that it, it doesn't feel like it's random. Does that you know what I mean? It feels like yeah. okay, they hit that five aught and that five aught just didn't hook up with them. Now I've caught a lot of really big fish on five aughts, don't get me wrong. But let's be fair, the bigger the fish, the thicker their mouth, the the smaller the gauge of your hook, it's gonna have a tougher time hooking. Yeah, up. you're gonna you're gonna end up skin hooking a lot of big fish. Yeah. And yeah. not getting not getting through that pad, that lip. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the you know, now you can you can get through with a five aught, but you know, chances are sometimes, most times you're going to skin hook it or right there in that soft tissue in that yeah. corner mouth. Yep. So yep. I see what you mean by that. I've, I've actually had a, I've had a handful of channels cause I only fish with five odds for when I'm targeting channels. Um, I've had a handful fight themselves off and their, their face is still on the hook. Like, cause they fight so hard. They get to the boat and then they're gone. They didn't snap the line. Their face is left on the hook because the five odds, um, it's a smaller diameter hook. So it's by default sharper. So it's easier to just rip through their face. Mm -hmm. uh, and so people know I run diachis. So a five odd diachis, like a six and a half, seven odd mustad demon, a seven odd diachis, like a eight and a half, nine, just so people understand. Cause like somebody might go grab a five odd of another brand and be like, he uses that thing. And I run Diachi's. They run, they run historically bigger. I wish hook companies would just standardize like, Hey, if it's a five off, that means the shaft is this long. And the width of the gap is this long. It seems like every company makes a hook and then every hook they make bigger. Oh, we're going to go one out, two out, three out from here. And we're going to go two, four, six, eight from there. <laughs> like standardize this. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I have a, I have an issue. Well, not an issue, but people ask me, all the time on live streams and stuff, you know, what size hook do you use? And, you know, I tell them and I'm like, well, it just depends on what brand you're using because the Mustad Demon 10-aught 
which is what I primarily use, is a smaller hook than, you know, a Daiichi, for instance, mm-hmm. 10 knot hook or a triple threat from Whisker Seeker. It's not nearly as big as that, but it's mm-hmm. it's considered a 10 knot hook. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I wish it was 10 Hey, big Mike, Boom Squad members. I just shared it out. I forgot, Mike, that um, I didn't uh, click the members only button on the stream, so they missed half the stream. <laughs> oh, bummer. Yowza. I know, I know we'll go off topic with this one comment. The other thing I'd like to see standardized out there are the, the machines that you pay, like at the grocery store or at Walmart. What, what's that little thing called? The little card reader or whatever. You know, I can't remember all the time what button I push when I don't want to enter a pin because I don't give myself a pin number. So I'm constantly canceling out my orders and <laughs> having to ask someone for help. And, you know, now they don't want to help you. They, you know, everything's all that check I, out. Like, this I remember that. I remember the day that Miguel gave me a hard time <clears throat> because I was trying to order something from Whisker Seeker. And I didn't have my Google <laughs> Pay set up. Yep. And now he's talking about sounding like an old dude. I don't know which button to press on these dag blasted well, machines. Some of them you push OK and the other ones you push cancel. Or you, you can know? just get a pin number like the rest of America. Oh, pet, then I'll start taking money out. I can't do that. I spend pet, it anyway. My pet peeve is ATMs. Whisker Seeker. <laughs> my pet peeve is ATMs. So in the very beginning, some of them ask you if you want to check your balance. And if you hit no, it just cancels the whole transaction. And it's like, what? What are we doing here? But then you hit yes. Like, this is no joke. There are some ATMs around here that do this. You you have to hit yes to get to the next screen. And at the very final, it's like, we're charging you this for checking your balance, and we're charging you this for using the ATM. And it's like, well, I couldn't get to the next screen. It's a, it's such a crock. It's so frustrating. It's six bucks to pull out money. So if you want to get 20 bucks, you're spending 26. So if you don't have a feature with your bank that pays your ATM fees, there are some bars around here where it's like, ah, this is so annoying. Mm. All right, oh, so now yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> uh, so we talked about um, YouTube channel, and uh, for those of you who haven't caught up yet, uh, Kayak Mike does fish out of a kayak. So uh, you know, I want to give you an opportunity to plug your kayak. I know that those guys take care of you. So what do you fish out of? I fish out of a uh, Jackson Big Rig, my previous kayak and my favorite kayak of all times, the Jackson U Pick. Um, I moved up from the Jackson regional team to the Jackson Jackson Pro Staff team this year. So, you know, the perks. Yeah. So the perks are, you know, I, I get a free boat every year. They want me in a new one every year to promote it. And then I can do whatever I want with the previous boats. I, I just sold my U Pick and that hurts because I love, I really do love that boat. But to do what we do most effectively, it is nice to have a little internal storage. So it's, it is nice to have a little, if the, if the U Pick could just figure out, Internal storage to make wiring just a little easier. That, in my opinion, the UPIC is the best fishing platform in kayak fishing. Period. That's just just my opinion. The big rig's amazing, but it's a limited audience. You have to have a trailer. Uh, the UPIC, you could, I car topped my UPIC. It's probably the biggest you want to go on a on a car top, but I I car topped my UPIC. Um, in full disclosure, I paid full price before I got on the team and stuff. They didn't like come out to me and like offer me stuff. Like I'm, I'm I'll never shill anybody, any product ever. 
Uh, there are things that I don't like about the UPIC and the big rig that I am very blunt with, with everyone on every forum. Uh, anybody I work with, I, Hey, uh, great. Not Sandy drifters love Sandy drifters for mud bottoms. I don't use them for Rocky bottoms because I don't, I get, I get hung up too much. Like that. That's just, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think transparency is key. So yeah, Jackson kayak, love the Jackson kayaks. I think there's such a big difference in every single one of their brands that you can truly find what you want. Whereas there's a couple other bigger kayak companies. You got this kayak and then you got a smaller version of that kayak with a different name. And then you have a little smaller version of that kayak with a different name. And it's like, are you guys really inventing new kayaks or is it just a slightly smaller kayak than the, than your, your bigger kayak? So it's just, if you go to the Jackson's Mm. website, every kayak is completely different. No two kayaks are remotely close to being the same kayak. So there's my plug for Jackson. I love Jackson cool. to death, to death. Couldn't, couldn't <laughs> be more happy to be a part of their team. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I kind of agree with big Mike. I don't know if I'd be comfortable in a kayak, but you know, I, I I've yet to try any kayak, so I'm going to reserve <laughs> my comments from now on until I can try one. If but, I put uh, you in the big rig, if you've ever been mm-hmm. in a John boat and if I put you in my big rig, you'll be like, mm-hmm. this is safer than any John boat I've ever been in in my life. I grew up in a John boat. I Are would, you going to bring that to CACON? The big rig? Oh, yeah. The big rig will be there. All right. I'm going to sit in it. Go for it. Yeah. It'll be – I I have my brand – this weekend, I'm going to Kerr Lake uh, to fish with the one-tonners. Oh. And the, the reason I'm going there was my, my new trailer on the mm-hmm. Water Innovations, I think they're called. They made me a new kayak trailer. Uh, not th- I paid for it. They didn't make me one. Let me make that perfectly clear. So I'm going, but they're kind of near Kerr Lake. So I'm going to Kerr Lake mm-hmm. to fish with them. I'm going to smoke them in an eating contest on Sunday. And then Monday when I'm miserable and hungover from all the pizza that I ate, I'm picking <laughs> up my trailer and coming home. So when you see me at CatCon, the big ray is going to be completely decked out and on top of the trailer, the same way I did at nice. the Cincinnati Expo. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to sit in one and just, you know, my, my thing is, is I'm, I know that one will float me. You know, I've seen some big guys in kayaks, but uh, I just I have restless legs and, you know, my back gets stiff. And I just want to make sure that if I sit down on one, you know, that I'm going to I'm going to be able to last because I do some long fishing sessions mm-hmm. and you see what I fish on. Mm-hmm. So I get up and walk around and stretch out, lay down, sleep, whatever I want to do. But hey, we're getting short on time. So I want to go ahead and make sure we get to this. Uh, you. uh have kind of you know started a new trend in our catfishing community with the fishing chaos app and for those of you who are listening i have the the website on the screen here and i'm scrolling through it and basically it's an online fishing tournament platform where a host like kayak mike can start a tournament and invite people to the tournament and you can compete and you're not just catching catfish, but any type of fish. And uh, basically you enter in your picture with an identifier and, and Michael expound on this, but uh, you can compete against people from all across the country. And I think it's really interesting. I got to compete in January. Um, my first one, I made some mistakes, but I didn't finish last. So I was happy with that. <laughs> I was third place out of 
four that actually caught fish. But uh, you know, I'm going up against Dan and Kyle. <laughs> but anyway, I think it's great, and I, I can't wait. I took February off because of CatCon and all the massive amounts of editing I have to do. But um, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to signing back up in March. So, Mike, why don't you kind of tell us about this? Uh, you know, you don't have to go all the way back when you started, but you know, hit the highlights for us. So I host a regional scene. I help host a regional scene, and I guess you could say I'm El Presidente of the online catfishing tournaments. Uh, the regional scene is called Kayaks and Cats. That's Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana uh, states only and only those waters. So you don't have to live in those states to compete in that one. That one's purely Facebook-driven, but you have to compete in those waters to be able to compete in that regional event. And then the one we're going to highlight here is online catfishing tournaments. That's also on the Facebook page. I do all the communication through the group and my personal Facebook and my personal Facebook profile. So if you have any questions, hit the group up or my personal Facebook profile. I only created a page for online catfishing tournaments so I can post in the group as the same name. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, it, the events are held on Fishing Chaos. So if you go click on Fishing Chaos, you can go find the groups. There will be a section for groups you click on groups and you go find online catfishing tournaments you click on there you go to your tournaments and all the tournaments that we offer all the series that we offer inside of there um long story short how i got into it was i started trophy catfishing uh like we said earlier in the podcast and i saw jj was competing in online tournaments so i want like i'm super competitive by nature like extremely competitive energy. I'm like, all right, I want to be competing against these guys. And a lot of us looked up to JJ at the time. So I'm like, how cool would it be to be competing against the dude with at the time, 40, 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. So I go in register, compete in a few things. And then I start helping out with the regional scene. And then so many people wanted to jump into the regional scene that we were like, all right, we'll just go national. So we just started mm -hmm. a national scene from there. Uh, it's been awesome. We've had a lot of competitors. We've had just under, I think, 300 unique competitors last year. I, I think that was roughly the number. It was like just under 300 unique competitors. Now in the catfishing world, you know, if you get five to 10 anglers in an event on an online event, especially a national online event, you're having historically, that's a, that's a decent tournament. Now we're hoping to grow the numbers this year. Um, I think the sweet spot is going to be those regional events. I really think that's where the sweet spot lies because some of the pros and cons of running an online event, especially a national online event, is like we were talking earlier, environment. Bodies of water, just, they're just not created equal. States, and I think this is actually a bigger factor, state laws aren't created equal. So, for instance, in Ohio, inland Ohio, you're allowed two rods. There's very few places that catch blue cats inland Ohio. So somebody inland Ohio more than likely isn't going to enter a national tournament because it's going to be much tougher for them to get on the percentage of fish as somebody in the Tennessee River. Hell, even somebody right. on the Ohio River. You know what I mean? There's great flatheads in Ohio. Don't get me wrong. But to consistently catch four or five 40-inch-plus fish that might take it to win or cash, it's just, it's just more difficult. So the national scene is slightly tougher to get more numbers mm -hmm. in but the regional events um and we'll we'll hit on how i can help people run regional events too i think that's really going to be the bread and butter 
and max slot limit events. So we have this one event. Um, well, first, let me explain the month longs for the three that we have. Yeah, so those of you who are listening, I'm kind of scrolling through the January boat tournament, which I was entered in. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about this app is that our website, if you're on the app, you're on, you're on your phone, but you can go through the website. Is you, you don't even have to be registered for these events to see the fish that are caught. <clears throat> and, and so if you log into Fishing Chaos and look up January month-long boat event, you'll see Dan, Kyle, me, and Chad, you know, and all the fish that we caught. Uh, the, and you get to look at all of them. And so you can just scroll through and, and see what a 37-inch fish looks like. Or if you want to go look at Dan, who won, uh, you can see what a 46-and-a-half-inch fish looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really easy to navigate. It's, um, it's fun. Because it's kind of like, you know, I mean, there's there's really no pressure to it, unless you unless you really want to earn the money, um, but uh, it's just fun to to measure it. It's lower stress on the fish, which is what I like. You know, you don't have to you don't have to keep the fish in a live well um, for eight hours and then take them up to the Weigh in, weigh in, and, and let them go. Now, people do a great job with that. Don't get they me do. wrong. There's, they really do. There's a lot of guys who put a lot, invest a lot in their live wells with oxygen and bubblers and fresh water. You know, it, it takes it takes some engineering and some uh, or or brand new boat that's equipped with that to um, to do that. But you can. But for those of us who are maybe not tournament anglers in the professional sense this is a great introductory way and a cheaper way to get involved into money tournaments without breaking the bank and without having to travel all across the the state or the country Mm -hmm. so um, that's that's what i like about it i can fish my home water whenever i want and i measure my fish and upload them there and I think the boat tournament was sixty dollars, which is way more affordable. Um, so yeah, that's that's my little spiel for it. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no, that and that's that's great. Um, trying to think, and the whole uh, the I'll piggyback off that. There's always the argument. Somebody will always make the argument. You can't do length. You have to do weight because two thirty inch fish don't weigh the same. All right, True. I've. I have hosted over 150 events. I have participated mm-hmm. in well over 125 events. Mm-hmm. 99% of these events, the person with the most length clearly had the most weight. Clearly had the most weight. It's not like, oh, half the time there's a tie or half the time somebody 10 inches off in second place would have had more weight. No, no, 99% of the tournaments and the only tournaments that would ever even remotely come, come close or events where maybe two anglers are within an inch or two of each other. Then you would be like, okay, you know, this one clearly might have a few more pounds over this one, but since we're doing it by length, but 99% of the time, uh, also the regional events regionally. So the Scioto river series is a fantastic example. Um, and the Ohio kayak catfishing trails, a fantastic example, Regionally, fish scale really well length to weight. 
they scale fantastically length of weight. So if you're all fishing the same body of water at the same time, so like the Ohio Kai catfishing trail, there's six events over six different bodies of water throughout, throughout this year. We're all going to fish the same body of water at the same time. They all scale relatively the same. It's very mm -hmm. rare to have two fish of the same length be drastically different. I'm talking like mm -hmm. to the point where weighing is a better option. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's that's the only real argument against, you know, what we do is like, oh, you can't do length. Well, I'm sorry. The numbers just they don't support you. I, I, I'll pull up any tournament you ever want to see historically online mm -hmm. and you can go through the results. Every single person who won would have won with weight as well. So that's the only real argument against uh, using length over weight. But also, like you said, one, you don't need a boat for a lot of the events that we do. You can use mm -hmm. a kayak or bank fish for some. Two, the most expensive bump board out there is $105. A live well. I do recommend getting the biggest board. Yes. I made that mistake. I got the $50 board and I'm I'm not happy. It's so much, it's so hard to measure big fish on it. Yes. My my advice would be either get the most expensive board or buy the sticker. The sticker's 20 bucks and DYI your own. I actually think that's the best option. The sticker, one, it's the cheapest. It's only 20 bucks. And two, you could make your own, like no one out there makes a kayak or makes a catfishing measuring device. Every device that is big enough to measure our fish, they're all made from muskies, every single one of them. So mm -hmm. they're flat. They're completely flat. And that's not actually the best way to measure a catfish. Something that would be scooped would be mm -hmm. the best way to measure a catfish. But muskie, you don't really need that scoop. So the muskie bumper, fantastic board. But I'll be honest, I, I'm just – I'm a terrible DIY guy. But if you're a decent DIY guy, I would buy the sticker – and I would just make my own board. One, it's 20 bucks. And then you could probably buy 10 to $15 worth of wood and make a legit, really good bump board. And specifically for your needs as well, which is That's a good idea. Yeah. I love, I love, I love musky bumper. If you find a big enough piece of PVC tubing, you could just cut off three quarters of it. And just yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is, that's a really good idea. It just has to be, mm -hmm. yeah, it would just have to be like wide enough to be able to see the numbers. Like yeah, maybe an eight inch, key. eight inch board or something, eight inch mm -hmm. pipe. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. I, and, and, you know, people are saying it, the boom squad saying it in the chat. I like the link thing. And here's my argument on the length thing. You're right. A 30 pound catfish, can be a different length than another 30 pound catfish but we don't care about pounds we're in a tournament for the longest fish it's two totally different things mm -hmm. so you know to compare weight with length it's like okay well pounds are not the question here it doesn't matter what the pounds are because my 30 my 30 inch fish could have just ate you know five pounds of mussels Mm -hmm. and yours didn't they can be the same length but th they could also be the same length and different weights yeah. yeah you know so so you know if you're gonna do weight then yeah do weight if you're gonna do inches then who cares how big it is i the fish and, and i messaged you when i made this mistake i forgot to put my fish marker <laughs> in the picture <laughs> which apparently you know it's a rite of passage but i had a 34 inch fish that fish probably didn't weigh, but I don't know, nine pounds, but it was super long, mm -hmm. super long. You know, I mean, it was 34 inches and, you know, I, 
I missed out on that and that but that fish wouldn't have done me better in a weight tournament because it was scrawny mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so you know I, I I don't know I I like the length better for for a couple reasons again just the you can release the fish right where you caught it number one and it, you don't have to worry about keeping fish mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a lot better for youtubers as well yeah yeah <laughs> a lot better a lot you, better. you guys haven't mentioned the the thing that I think about this is um, I I still don't believe that two scales are made equally no but a ruler mm-hmm. is so many inches long mm-hmm. and I think that that's you know a, a true standard yep you know I can There's have too a, many variables with the scale yeah. individual scales <clears throat> way too and- many. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let me debunk another theory. Some people think it's they always go like, well, it's online. It's easier to cheat. Well, if it, it is so much easier to cheat at an in-person boat tournament than it is in an online tournament. We don't have enough time for me to tell you how many ways you could cheat in a boat tournament. Like the easiest way is shove lead down their throat and then weigh them and then get them in the water really quick. I, I've heard people have done that. Like that's not an uncommon thing. Catch a fish that you you know you're fishing a one-day tournament. Catch it, throw it on a string or whatever. Those, those are two ways. And no one can prove anything unless the fish like dies on the way or pukes the online event. Uh, and it's cheaper for us too. That's another big thing. Those big mm-hmm. tournaments, they have to hire a polygraph. There's no getting mm-hmm. around hire, not hiring a polygraph. Our well, overhead costs for a way in yes. tournament is way more. Yeah. We have no fees whatsoever. Like there's, there's not a single fee that we pay Our the only fee you pay is the app fee, which is like a buck and a half, two bucks tops. Mm-hmm. But that is you're paying for the anti-cheat system that's built into the system. So mm-hmm. when you uh, – I'll debunk a few myths, and I'll tell you the true cons of using the online. When you submit a fish, you have to have your GPS and timestamp turned on. So it's going to tell me where you took that picture, and it's going to tell me where you submitted that picture from. Those are two different two different spots, by the way. Um, and it's going to give me the time and the day that you caught it. So when someone submits a fish, I get to see if you submitted it from home. I technically get to see where you live. I get to see where you <laughs> took the picture. I get to see where you took the picture itself, and I get to see the date and the time. So I have when you're fishing. Let's say you're fishing a 24-hour event. If you su- here's everyone's like, oh, what if I catch a, a fish like a week ago and then take a picture and just wait? I'm like, well, I'm gonna see the date and time that you took the picture. Like the ESIF data gets connected to your picture that gets submitted so well, and the the tournament identifier doesn't come out until yes. the day before the tournament that, that's another thing the tournament identifier no offense cat fisherman i don't know any of us that are good enough to photoshop an identifier in that's going to get past me anyway i, I mean good luck about it but <laughs> good, i mean it would be funny good luck if you if you get one past me hey more power to you but the money you spent teaching yourself how to get that good at Photoshop isn't <laughs> going to be worth the amount of money you're going to win in the events <laughs> because yeah, the, there's a special <laughs> identifier. We don't give that identifier out um, until the day before, like three and a half hours before. Mm-hmm. So uh, when, if an event starts at midnight, the identifier goes out at 7:30 PM. I like doing that just in case somebody wants to wake up early, they can get their stuff done, go to bed Damn. and not have to worry about it. So, Oh, what? Yeah, man. Dan Wait, won that tournament. Dan woke up, so the January tournament started at twelve oh one a.m. and uh, he went fishing at. He started fishing at twelve twelve oh one a.m. I believe caught, caught his biggest fish 
on the day one of the tournament. I'm like, God. He is an aggressive competitor. He puts Yeah. And that's the, I guess that would be the only thing is if you're going into this tournament um, scene. And I, the last thing I'm going to get you to do is just tell people how they can get involved. Um, but you need to realize that if you're entering this online scene uh, on Fish and Chaos, right now it's small, you know, for, for the, the people that are in it here. I know the regional things are probably bigger, but um, but it's small right now. So if you fish a lake or a river that doesn't have big fish in it, you're going to be at a disadvantage. In the um, open, in the open in, event. In the open, yeah. Now, in a slot event, you know, you might have a chance. But in the open event, um, you know, you're going to be at a disadvantage. But if you're just doing it for fun, you're doing it just to compete, just to to have that fulfilling, you know. I mean, all of us. I mean, we we all like to compete a little bit at least. Uh, you know, I, I'm heavy with competition. I always want to be the best. So it makes you fish harder. It makes you fish better. It makes you think about what you're doing. And it's fun because, you know, we you start up like a group chat and you, you're talking to each other and ragging each other a little bit. And, you know, uh, now once it gets bigger, then you can you can have events like on the same lake mm-hmm. or on the same river. Um, now, you also will set up a, um, a tournament for someone as long as they have a certain amount of people, right? Uh, all I ask is that somebody, because I charge no admin fees whatsoever, so I, I ask people to make it worth my time. So if you have five people who want to run an event or participate in an event, um, let's say, oh, I don't have it up yet, but there's this gentleman who wants to do an event on in Washington, D.C. on the Potomac. I am going to set that up for him tonight. He is already running a bank event. But he wants to do it more official, so I'm going to set up a series for him for the Potomac River, and he's going to have his own series, and these people are going to register. Now, his bank event is going to be ran on the online catfishing tournaments page, so as you're still the host. You're still the administrator. I'm just doing everything on the backside for you, mm. and I just ask, give me like five people because if there are five people in your event, it's easier to promote. So like, mm. I, I don't want to be setting up an event and then someone – who's curious about jumping, jumping in, seeing two people competing against each other and like, what? Like that, that does kind of look bad. That's why I kind of want to like, Hey, look, if we're going to do this, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to make it for you, let's make it worth everyone's time. So give me five Mm -hmm. people because five is it. That's a decent event, especially if you're putting 40, 50 bucks into the pot. If you fish for a day and walk home with 200 bucks, I mean, unless you bought the world's most expensive bait, you made money. So I, so I, it's a, that's a good thing for me. So yeah, on Facebook, my name is Kayak Mike. Hit me up on there. I'll set up anything you want. We already have a an extensive rule book that goes over every scenario possible. So you don't have to worry about any kind of rules. And our rules are they they go into every scenario possible, but they're really simple. Like knock on wood, we have had no drama in our scene since we've started. There's been no one like yelling at each other. You'll go to some other groups and they're like always constantly fighting over rules. We haven't had that one single time and we've been running for a year and a half now. So yeah, we do. We have every rule out there for every situation, but don't let that 20 page rule book like, oh my God, I got to read it. I didn't read it, yo. So I didn't read it. No, no. If you put the fish on its right side, had the left eye up. And if I could see the Mm -hmm. fish in the picture, you followed the rules. 
that's yeah. that's you pretty much follow the rules. And you can pretty much ask anybody, you know, yeah. to help you out. But but we're running out of time. So Mike, uh our oh, can anybody, I plug anybody, one thing real yeah, quick? Go ahead, go ahead. So uh the month long options. There's a five fish open bank tournament, only bank fishing, five fish open kayak tournament, five fish open boat tournament. So if you're in one of those three events, you are it's gonna be your five biggest fish on the month. Uh, like we just said though earlier about the environment. Uh Mm-hmm. Kevin just said, like, if you're fishing in a lake that doesn't necessarily produce giant fish, any body of water that has catfish has catfish up to 30 inches. There is an option for a month long event. It's a seven fish, 30 inch max slot tournament. Mm-hmm. None of your fish can be over 30 inches that you submit to this tournament. So a theoretical perfect score would be just under 210 inches, because if a fish if a fish hits that 30 inch mark, he doesn't count. He's an over slot fish. So if they're under 30 inches, so anyone can compete there. Anyone can compete there. Even your weekend warrior can go out and the fish, even if he's trophy catfishing, you're going to have bycatches that are under 30 inches, no matter what body of water you're fishing on. So if you don't want to, you know, if you, if you don't want to dedicate all your time, yeah. And that's, that's going to be my, my personal bread and butter. That's going to be the one I enter in. And the seven fish, 30 inch slot, anyone can enter bank, boat, or kayak. Some people would say like, oh, bank and boaters don't have a rod limit. Kayak guys have to be four or their state limit. Bank and boat, they're just their state limit. Guys, it's 30 inch catfish. I don't care how many rods you have out. And, and here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. You can fish all month long. It's Yeah, it's all month long. I yeah. mean, that's, that's my thing. It's like, and, and you know, we... I know Mike had toured around with the rod limits for the boat guys, but you know, for the YouTube guys, it's like a, it's like a deal breaker right there. Mm-hmm. Cause we need a, we need a fish on camera, baby. Yep. 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 And that's the great thing about our scene too. We listen, we listen to the, I, I made the rule. I tried making the rule as fair as I could with the entire nation. And just so everyone knows, if you see a rule, the entire nation was accounted for when I made that mm-hmm. rule. If if our anglers who are participating don't like it, we'll change it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we listen. We listen to our anglers. You can catch a lot of 30-inch fish in a month on four rods. Yep. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I wish some of those Sandusky guys would get in on this because they're only allowed to use two or three in certain spots. Mm-hmm. Justin Johnson does a lot of slot. I would like to see old JJ dethroned from the slot. He's never lost a slot event. <laughs> JJ, Ooh. I love the guy. Absolutely love him. But he's never lost a slot event. My only goal this year is if he fishes one, I want to beat him. That's my only goal. He's never lost All a right. slot event in his life. That's nice. a good goal. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you guys want to check out what we're talking about, go to fishingchaos.com. That's F-I-S-H-I-N-G-C-H-A-O-S.com. And check it out. Uh, check out Kayak Mike on Facebook. If you have any questions about that, you can ask me as well, and I'll, I'll hook you up with Kayak Mike um, if, if you don't know how to get in touch with them. I'm telling you, if you do it, um, there's different you know entry fees for, for each tournament. You can go check those out. Um, they're not that expensive, and it's it's super fun. And the best thing about the, the month-long tournament is that you can fish at your convenience. You don't have to fish it all in one day. So, you know, if you got an hour to fish, you can be in the tournament. So, uh, 
you know, go check that out. And uh, thank you, Mike, for for coming on the show. Thank you for hosting that and what you do for the community. I think it's really going to get bigger and bigger as more people get into competitive fishing and want a taste of what it feels like to be a tournament angler. Awesome. Onlinecatfishing.com for gear. Onlinecatfishing.com. Check that out uh, for gear. And that, that helps support. Uh, what does that help support? That's actually the only way I make money on this. But There you go. Because I'm just going to be honest. I have no interest in making money off the anglers. I, I really don't. But I'm gonna go get a shirt. Oh, you're the that, best. Bro. Oh, I'm gonna go get, as long as you got big boy shirts now. They should. Real quick, very last plug. Very, uh, <laughs> go for you, it, man. If you cash the first person to cash in an event and have one of our items in every single fish submission picture, they're gonna get an additional fifty bucks on their payout. Has nice. to be the the first person that you. So you could come in third if the guys in first and second don't have. Uh, the all, don't have a piece of merch in every single submission picture, they don't get the extra 50. So if you come in third and that's the cash, if you have our, and it has to be, I can see receipts on this website. So don't go <laughs> printing out a little a fake sticker you didn't buy. I'll know because I can see receipts. So say the website one more time. Onlinecatfishing.com. Onlinecatfishing.com. When I put this up on YouTube, y'all, I'll put these links in the description. So you can go check it out. If you're listening on the podcast, go check out the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Check out the description if you want quick, easy access to these links. Man, Mike, thanks. Man, it's been a blast having you on. I know I know, uh, Miguel agrees as well. I'm, I'm pumped for Cat, to see you guys at CatCon. So pumped. Yeah, man. You know, I, I came into this a little concerned because I really didn't know anything about you other than what I've watched online, which I'm in, I'm in your lives when, when you're live, I, I just haven't chatted very much. And, and I, you know, I'm trying to watch you catch fish and we were talking about how difficult that is for you guys in kayaks and <laughs> what, what effort you put in and what a great job you do, but getting the chance to learn more, how you think about your fishing was really, really interesting for me today. So at CatCon, don't be surprised if I, bomb ryan bortz's uh show i did that at cincinnati <laughs> we kind of we actually kind of tag team the um the kayak the kayak portion the kayak fishing portion of uh the program so i might mm. do that again at this cat con it just depends on how much food i'm eating at the time how many people i'm talking to <laughs> well with that I'm coming for you said, one tonners <laughs> well that being said y'all i'm gonna pray us out we're gonna get out of here thank you for listening as always Emily, Father, we thank you for another awesome podcast. We thank you for blessing uh, Mike and I with an awesome guest. And I thank you for Mike as well, Lord. And I just thank you for all the uh, the viewers that are out there, all the supporters. And we give you all the credit for all these things. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. You know the deal. Until next time, happy fishing.